You are listening to a Bible-based message from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. We invite you to join us Sundays at 10 a.m. We also encourage you to visit riverrockchurch.com for more information and resources. Now here is today's encouraging message from Pastor Chris Tyen. It happened. The unthinkable. The shift that showed our frailty. Nonetheless, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it. We are separated. We are isolated. And in this world, we have trouble. Nonetheless, we take heart because Jesus has overcome the world. We are conflicted and frustrated, weary too. But nonetheless, those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. We are down but not out, sidelined but still in the game. We fight for our families, we hold on to love, we strive for kindness, but the hard times get harder. Nonetheless, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. We walk through adversity. We are sons and daughters of the Most High. We know to whom we belong and we know where our hope lies. For he is the first and the last, the Alpha and Omega, the one who is and the one who is to come. It looks bleak, they say it's grim, there's a lot to fear, but nonetheless, we are strong. We are courageous. We are the church. Hi, this is Pastor Chris from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. Uh, thanks for taking a little time to uh, tune in to what we have to say. So this is recorded as one of our Church at Home Sundays. So according to uh, the news, the uh, president, President Trump, has declared churches essential and suggested, uh, encouraged, um, moved uh, governors to help those churches get reopened. So uh, Governor Walls, his limit of 10 or less is being challenged in court, I guess, on Tuesday. Uh, so we pray and we wait for more direction, but it appears that we will be able to have church somehow soon. So we're seeking the Lord for the perfect place to meet as we used to rent the school and that might not be available. So we're looking for a, a better place to meet and uh, praying about that. And we would need to make sure that we spread hope and salvation. And we need to make sure that we don't spread the coronavirus around. We don't want to be in the news as one of those churches where uh, somebody came and then they got the virus and spread it around. That would be bad publicity. That would be bad ministry. That would just be bad. Anyway, Memorial Day is about remembering those who sacrificed their lives for our freedom and safety. And so we celebrate Memorial Day in Minnesota. We also celebrate it's like the beginning of summer. Then we come to Labor Day and it's the end of summer. And uh, hopefully we will find good things to do with our summertime and be blessed with good and safe weather and not crazy bugs and whatever else. But uh, those men and women gave their lives and we remember them at Memorial Day. Jesus gave his life to save us from the penalty of sin and to give us abundant life and eternal life. All right, so I have a little bit of time to share a message with you. And I wanted to talk to you about the clue to hearing Jesus tell you, well done, good and faithful servant. So uh, a clue. Uh, the Bible gives us a clue. We want to all hear Jesus review our life and say, well done. You did a good job. Way to go. 
You completed your task. You accomplished your mission. You did what I expected. You did what I hoped. You did what was required. You made a difference. Well done, good and faithful servant. So we're going to talk about that today. And I'll just tell you real quick that uh, Clue is an acrostic. Uh, C stands for Commit to Jesus. L stands for Live Well, which is something that we talk about at River Rock Church all the time because River Rock Church exists to connect people of all ages to Christ and help them to live well lives. All right, so Commit to Jesus, Live Well. U is Use What He Has Given You. And E empowered by the Holy Spirit. Commit, live, use, empowered. Clue, the clue to hearing Jesus tell you, well done, good, and faithful servant. So, all right, number one, commit to Jesus. You know, I always, almost always, give people an opportunity to receive Christ on a Sunday morning or during a message uh, by praying a prayer. A prayer that acknowledges that they are sinners, acknowledges that Jesus Christ died on the cross for their sins and rose again acknowledges that by believing upon Jesus, by placing their faith in him, that they can be saved from their sins and be guaranteed eternal life, be adopted as a child of God, uh, be assured heaven. And many times that comes through a prayer. And some people criticize and other people confuse the prayer. The prayer does not save you. It is not the words of the prayer that save you. It's not like uh, magic words. If I said the words of the prayer. So I believe there are some people out there that think that they're saved uh, because they said the prayer at Bible camp. They said the prayer at Sunday school. They said the prayer when they were four and their life shows no evidence whatsoever of them being a converted Christ follower disciple. Yet they think, think they're saved because they said the prayer and they weren't fully committed to Jesus. So number one, commit to Jesus. Uh, that prayer, by the way, is something like this, and you can pray it if you'd like to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. Please forgive me of my sin and come into my life and save me. Make me the person you created me to be. I want to follow after you. Or something similar to that. The prayer is indicating your belief in Christ. The prayer is communicating because prayer is communicating, prayer is talking to God, and uh, so committing your life to Christ. Number one, commit to Jesus. Uh, terrifies me to think as a pastor, as a friend, as a parent, that somebody would stand before Jesus thinking that they were in because they went to church, because they tithed, because they served on the mission field, uh, short term or even long term. Uh, they went to Bible college. They were Bible college professors. I did all these things thinking that they were... Christ followers, and they weren't. Matthew 7, 21. Jesus says, Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and perform many miracles in your name. And Jesus says, But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws, you workers of iniquity. So there are going to be people that were religious, that thought that they were in, but they didn't have a personal relationship with Christ. They didn't have a committed relationship with Christ. They did not truly know Christ. They did works for Christ, not works through Christ. They did religious things, not necessarily godly things, that were empowered by the Holy Spirit. So ponder that for a bit. Think about that. Are you truly saved? Have you truly committed your life to Jesus? So number one, if you want to hear Jesus say, well done, good and faithful servant, commit to Jesus. Otherwise, um, you might hear Jesus say, who are you? I don't have a relationship with you. 
And that would be terrifying. All right, number two, live well. We talk about living well all the time at River Rock Church. Uh, at least I talk about living well all the time at River Rock Church, and the people at River Rock Church hear it. And hopefully they live it. Hopefully they do it. You know, if they were to use this living well idea as a compass, as a uh, something that they filtered their plans through, as something that they not just knew or acknowledged, but a, like a way that they lived their lives, it would totally make a difference. So, well, worship, encouraging, learning, loving. So, otherwise, you can turn the E to evangelism. But like I said in the past, we said evangelism, and the people that weren't from the church, unchurched people go, oh, evangelism, that sounds scary, but everybody wants to be encouraged. All right, worshiping. All right, John 4, 23. Jesus said, true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. That means that if you want Jesus to say, well done, good and faithful servant, your life is full of worship. Worship isn't just going to church and uh, at a worship service. It's not just singing worship songs. It's the way that you live your life, showing that God is worth everything to you, that Jesus is worth everything to you, worth, Anglo-Saxon Anglo -Saxon word, worth-ship. So, uh, ascribing to God his work, his worth, ascribing to God his worth, uh, worshiping, true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And we need to worship. Now, I don't know what the future holds for the church as I hear that the governor uh, doesn't want us to sing uh, because that could spread the virus. So, I don't really know where that will go. But I do know that we can worship the Lord 24-7, that the Lord sees what we do and why we do it and how we do it. We can worship uh, through prayer. We can worship through the deeds and acts that we do to help other people. We can worship through what we do with our money, through giving, through tithing, through supporting missionaries, the Great Commission Fund. Uh, we can worship by the way that we make sacrifices to spend our time or our money in different ways. Uh, to use our talents. That's actually what I'm talking about here. So worshiping, uh, encouraging. Everybody wants to be encouraged. There's so many people that are depressed and sad and uh, lonely. Uh, they don't know what the future holds. Actually, I don't know what the future holds. I'm trusting in the Lord. I don't know what tomorrow holds. I just know that I'm going to be faithful today. I know that I'm going to be faithful with the moment that I have. I'm going to take advantage of the days that are good. And I'm going to thank God for that good day. And I'm going to say that today is a good day. Today, I had what I needed. Today, I was healthy. Today, I got to enjoy part of your creation. Today, I got to enjoy these people in these relationships. Today, I got to enjoy your word. Today, I got to uh, enjoy uh, fellowship with you through your word and through prayer. Uh, today is a good day. And maybe that's how we should live life. Maybe we should quit thinking that every day in our life is just going to be perfect because, I mean, storms of life come and go. But we need to encourage people in the Lord. We need to encourage people to grow in Christ. We need to encourage people to grow to maturity. So 2 Corinthians 13, 11, be joyful, grow to maturity, encourage each other, live in harmony and peace, then the God of love and peace will be with you. You know, I'm seeing something happen in the church right now that's not our church, but church people that's, I don't know, disappointing or 
I don't know. There's a bunch of people debating on whether or not churches should meet. People saying, oh, churches should meet for sure. And other people saying, no, churches might spread viruses. Churches don't have to meet. People can just stay home. The church is people not being in a building. And so now there are people, uh, maybe even in our own church, that are going to argue and debate whether or not the church should be meeting or not, whether or not Christians should be gathering or not, whether we should be out of our house or in our house. Uh, Anyway, uh, we need to live in harmony and peace. The word says it right here. Be encouraging. Learning. Learning. There is no way that you can ever learn enough about God and his ways and his plan. I um, am constantly learning. And the more I learn, the less I feel that I know. Uh, the more I learn about God and his word, the more I have questions and the more I seek to understand. And I understand some things, but I surely need to keep learning. I am never, I don't think I'll ever um, come to the point where I say I have arrived. No learning. Learning. Uh, Romans 12, 2. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So I need to keep learning. You need to keep learning and we need to help other people learn. So these things that I don't struggle with anymore because I've already learned them. I already understand that somebody else might not. So I could help them when I come alongside of them to help them learn those things. That would be so awesome to be able to disciple and encourage. You know, one thing I really like is when we get Crown College Ministry interns, pastoral interns, and I get a season to just invest in them. But be loving, loving. You know, sometimes in the church, people are judgmental, people are critical. You might even be judging me in my video. Uh, You know, I have... um, trying to make as professional of a video as I can, but what's really happening here is that I am in a very small room in my basement with a green screen behind me, and when I put it on the computer, I'm going to change the green screen out with a picture of something to make it look better than my boring wall. So anyway, loving, loving, accepting people, uh, realizing that we're all in the process. Some are further along in Christ than others, but we need to love God with all of our heart. Uh, Matthew 22, 37 to 39, Jesus replied, you must, about the greatest commandment, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, 1 John 4, 7 to 21 talks a lot about love also, but we need to love God and we need to love others. So, all right, number three, use what God has given you. Time, talent, treasure, use what God has given you. Uh, back to my little video studio here. Um, God has given me a couple old tripods, an old iPad, and a cell phone and a uh, computer. And uh, I don't have the highest, uh, greatest video quality stuff, but I'm doing the best I can with what I have. And the same thing is true with what you have in your life. So maybe you don't have the greatest education, but you have some education and God can use that. Maybe you don't have all the skills, but you have some skills and God could use that. Maybe you are not number one. Maybe you're not the star. Maybe you're not the quarterback. Maybe you're not the boss at work. Maybe you are um, a lineman in the football team, or maybe you are a supporting worker. Maybe you are an assistant. Um, God can use all of those for his glory. You can honor and glorify God in the way that you serve in supporting roles. I uh, 
can't remember a time when I've ever been number one on any sports team. Um, I've always had more of a supporting role, you know, block that guy to protect the quarterback or push that guy out of the way so that the running back can get through. Um, ministry. I uh, served as an associate pastor a few different times, and uh, I just love helping other people succeed. You know, I want to succeed too. I want to do everything that I can uh, to encourage and to equip and equip, equip God's people for works of service and everything. But uh, being on a team and helping other people succeed is just as fulfilling as being alone and doing something good. But anyway, use what God has given you. So, all right, we've been created for ministry. Uh, it's Jesus' intention that we get saved and that we serve. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Now, I've often had the thought that there might be one thing in my life that is like, pivotal. The thing that God created me for, I'm going to do this one thing and it's just going to make all the difference in God's kingdom and God's eternal plan. He created me and I did this one thing. And the question that I have is, have I done it already or am I going to do it in the future? Uh, what if I don't show up to serve the Lord that day when I'm supposed to do that? Now I know that God will work out his eternal plan and that if he wants it to happen, it's going to happen no matter what. But just that whole idea, what did God create me for? And am I doing it? And am I doing it to the best of my ability? Am I doing it in a way that honors and glorifies God? Am I doing it to worship the Lord or am I doing it to make myself feel better, to feel successful? Um, what's my motive? That's the thing about God is he knows our hearts. He knows our motives and the, the reasons that we do things. Phil Peterson at uh, Crown College uh, a long time ago, had said, when God calls you to do something, he's going to call you to do something that's bigger than yourself, that's beyond yourself, that you aren't going to say, oh, I'm going to do this for God. But instead, when you've done it, when you've accomplished it, you're going to look back and say, look what God did through me. There's no way I could have done that on my own. Praise God. He did it through me. All right. So uh, we're God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Uh, good things include worship. Good things include encouraging. Good things include learning and teaching. Good things include loving, serving, and helping, and giving. Created for ministry. Uh, saved for ministry. We were saved for ministry. Jesus just didn't come to die on the cross for our sins and rise again to take us to heaven for an eternal uh, life insurance policy. Uh, he saved us so that we would serve. Ministry is serving others. Um, God saved us, Second uh, Timothy 1.9, 2 Timothy 1.9. For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from before the beginning of time to show us his grace through Christ. God saved us so that we would live a better life. God saved us so we would live a holy life. God says, be holy as I am holy. And, you know, sometimes people think that living a holy life is boring, that it keeps you from having fun, keeps you from enjoying worldly pleasures, but it also keeps you from sinning. It keeps you from the disappointment that comes for, from living in sin. It keeps us from um, disappointing God, uh, grieving the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's really hard to live a holy life on our own. That's why we should 
uh, be glad that uh, we don't do it on our own. We do it through Christ and through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit even gives us gifts for ministry. 1 Peter 4.10 says that we are gifted for ministry, that God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. You can also see 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, and Ephesians 4 about spiritual gifts. You can also go onto our website, and if you go to riverrockchurch.com slash well, you will see some links to spiritual gift assessments. So there's one to spiritual gifts tests. Place Ministries has a spiritual gift test. Team Ministry has a spiritual gift test. And there's even a DISC test that is based on biblical personalities. And if I remember right, when I took it, I was a cross between Peter and Barnabas. So impulsive and encouraging. (laughs) Does that even sound safe? I don't know. But anyway, God made us all in different ways. And uh, spiritual gifts are something that God has given all of us. Uh, We all have at least one spiritual gift. And it's great when we figure out what that spiritual gift is so that we can uh, use that gift in ministry. Chosen for ministry. Chosen for ministry. John 15, 16. Jesus says, you didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. Many times our will isn't in line with Jesus' will. But as we abide in Christ, our line will get in line with Jesus' will and we will accomplish his purposes and fruit. uh, Fruit that will last. So when we are uh, connected to Christ, we're remaining in Christ, when we walk in Christ, our prayers get answered. So we are chosen for ministry. Jesus chose us. Absolutely amazing. I found over the years that sometimes God chooses the most unlikely people to accomplish the most spectacular things. All right, so in Matthew chapter 25, Jesus is sharing uh, parables, talking about uh, how he's going to return and how we need to be ready and faithful while he's gone, ready for his return. Um, he shares the parable of the ten bridesmaids, bridesmaids, and now he tells uh, about the um, three servants, or uh, another version, the talents. Here it's five bags of silver. So actually, uh, talent back then was a bag of like silver, bag of money. Um, today, talents to us are abilities and skills and things like that. But anyway, uh, <clears throat> Matthew chapter 25, verse 14, Jesus says. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. Just think about it for, for a second. Uh, the boss is going out of town. I don't know why he's going out of town. Maybe he's going on vacation. Maybe he's going for a new business venture. Uh, he's not going to have any internet service. He's not going to be able to connect with you. He's going to be gone for a while. Uh, you won't hear from him until he returns. So he's going to trust you with some stuff. He needs you to take care of it because he can't. he's not going to deal with it on his own. He's not going to worry about it. He's trusting you. So actually, he's trusting three of you. And all right, so he called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last. So uh, let's say he gave $500,000 to the one because of the price of inflation, you know. (laughs) He gave... $200,000 $200,000 of silver to another and 100000 of silver. $100,000 of silver to the last. Dividing it in proportion to their abilities. And then he left on his trip. 
The servant who received the five bags of silver, $500,000, began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant with the two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. You know how old I am? I am so old that when I was in high school, it was possible to get 12% interest on your savings account. Not 0.12% interest like you get now, but 12% was possible. And I remember this financial planner, at least I think I do, said, uh, if I remember correctly, now those financial people, you financial people, if I got it wrong, you can let me know. Um, but I think he said that if I saved $2,000 when I was 19, and if I put away $2,000 when I was 20, and if I put away $2,000 when I was 21, that that $6,000 at 12% compounding interest would be worth over a million dollars by the time I retired. Two bad things about that, though. One, I never had enough money to put away $2,000 back then. I only made like $3 and something an hour back then. And two, uh, we haven't been able to get 12% interest for a long time. So anyway, uh, however, it is good to invest. It is good to work your money. It is good to, uh, if you can, to take resources, even if there are others resources and use them to get ahead. All right, so this is the, the servants. So uh, guy number one, double his money. Guy number two, double his money. Guy number three, hit his money in the ground. Why? Did he not trust the banks? After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom had he entrusted, whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling the small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. That guy totally passed the test. And now he's probably moving up in the company. So uh, awesome. Good job. All right. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest. And I've earned two more. And the master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Awesome. Another winner moving up in the company. So I guess it was a test. Uh-oh. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops where you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. What do you expect to hear? But the master replied, You wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered, gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Verse 28. Then he ordered, Take the money from the servant and give it to the one with the ten bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. 
Now remember, this is a parable, and I believe the primary point of the parable is to teach us to use God's resources wisely. So uh, I don't think that if you don't, if you're truly saved and you don't use your resources wisely, that you are going to lose your salvation. I think you'd be greatly disappointed at the end of your life. I think God will be disappointed in you. But I don't think that this passage is teaching us that we're going to lose our salvation if we don't invest our time, our talent, our treasure wisely. Romans 12:11 says never be lazy but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Never be lazy but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. You know, not only is it rewarding, but it just makes you feel better at the end of the day. You know, it, when you're serving the Lord, um, there's just a joy that comes about it. And it's always been my experience that I never serve the Lord on my own. If I'm truly serving the Lord, the Holy Spirit is empowering me. Jesus is blessing me. God the Father is pleased with me. Uh, that is all the motivation in the world to get up, to show up, and to do the best you can to serve. Some days, even when you don't feel like it, to just show up and get started. And once you get started, then you will be able to uh, continue serving that day. Hebrews 9.27 says, Just as each person is destined to die once, after that comes judgment. So unbelievers will stand before Jesus and they will be judged based on uh, what they've done and they won't uh, ever uh, have enough credit uh, to earn themselves heaven, to earn themselves eternal life, to earn themselves a right relationship with Jesus. And so they will be uh, sent away. The Bible talks about an eternal uh, torment in hell, which is really sad and scary and should motivate us to share Jesus with others. Um, however, the believers will stand before Jesus and give an account of their life, give an account of what they did with what they had, with the resources that they had, with the opportunities that they had, with the time that they had, with the way that they even used the uh, stay-at-home COVID-19 order what did you do during that time? Hopefully it's over and there won't be another one. But um, man, you could have done a lot of stuff to grow in Christ, to serve Christ, or you could have binge watched stuff and play a lot of video games. Uh, who knows? But anyway, use your life wisely because someday you and I are going to stand before Jesus and give an account of what we did with our days, what we did with our resources. Um, just because we don't have a billion dollars doesn't mean God can't use us. Sometimes the greatest test isn't that we have a lot of resources, but we have few resources. And are we going to be faithful to invest those back into the kingdom of God? Are we going to be faithful to take the little bit we have and use that to be generous, use that to be helpful, use that to make a difference? Um, it's interesting that some people who are like uber, super rich aren't very generous percentage-wise with their resources. All right, number four, where does the time go? Empowered by the Holy Spirit. Empowered by the Holy Spirit. We're not in this on our own. If we have Christ, we have the Holy Spirit. We need to be filled with the Spirit, empowered by the Spirit. John 14, 26, Jesus says, When the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and remind you of everything I have told you. The Holy Spirit at work in our lives helps us to understand, helps us to grow. You know, the first thing you want to do before you open your Bible is pray that the Holy Spirit will help you to understand, that the Holy Spirit would open your eyes, open your mind, open your heart, open your will. And as you read God's Word, let the Holy Spirit help you, teach you, guide you. 
even remind you, you know, that's one thing about memorizing verses is that I found that as I memorize verses, you know, if I've just reviewed them, they're like right there on the tip of my tongue. But sometimes I haven't reviewed them for a while and um, I'm like talking to someone and then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit will like be reminding me and bringing these verses back up that I had memorized before. But, uh, you know, if you were to ask me point blank, what's that verse? I'd be like, ah. But the Holy Spirit empowers us. And so many times the Holy Spirit has been uh, speaking through me. And it's been amazing that I'm like, wow, this is really awesome. So John 14, 26, the Holy Spirit will remind us. Romans 8, 10. Romans 8, 10 says Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. So we might get sick. We might die. We might get old and die. Um, our tent of this body will be parked. But for those of us who are believers in Christ, we will go to be in the presence of Jesus. The Spirit of God has got us. The Holy Spirit of God has got us in this life and the next. Uh, verse 11. Uh, let's see here. Uh, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. Verse 11, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. Romans 8, 10 through 11. Uh, more on the Holy Spirit, okay? Um, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Galatians 5, 16. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. So we are empowered. We are encouraged. We live a life that pleases God through the power of the Holy Spirit. We are not just keeping a list of rules to be right with God. We are right with God, and therefore we want to live a life that pleases God. We're not trying to like follow this list of all these do's and don'ts. Um, when there's a list of do's and don'ts, sometimes it's really hard to follow. I mean, they just released the new CDC guidelines for churches right after President Trump spoke. And I was reading them. I'm like, ooh, might have to form a team to help me uh, accomplish all this, to carry all this out. So, um, but um, if everybody uh, took care to stay home if they were sick, if everybody took care to not share their germs, if everybody took care to... Uh, uh, sanitize their hands often, and um, then there'll probably be a lot less sickness, even more than can be mandated in a CDC guideline, which we will do everything we can to follow to keep our church healthy and to protect all those people of all ages around. All right, uh, back to Galatians 5. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, Outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. And what is so awesome is that if you are empowered by the Holy Spirit, you will not feel comfortable living those that lifestyle. Um, you might give in to some of that stuff, but you will not find any joy. You will not feel right with the Lord in that. And if you have fallen into that, maybe today is a good time to get back on down on your knees and ask the Lord, uh, your Lord, the one who has saved you, the one who is in your life, to forgive you of, of that stuff 
and to help you to overcome it. Maybe you need to get counseling. Maybe you need to get help. Um, sometimes we repeat the stuff that our family has done, our grandparents, our parents, and we re- repeat uh, behavior, abusive behavior, anger, uh, criticism, all these things. Um, and we just need help to get through it. We need to renew our mind by memorizing scripture. We need to get counseling and help. And uh, let me know if you need some resources, some links, uh, some uh, help with that. There's a lot of good resources on Right Now Media also. So, all right, Galatians 5.22. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. So the Holy Spirit produces this. We don't manufacture this on our own. It's not like we just like read a book and then all of a sudden we're able to do these things. Or if we practice enough, we'll be able to do these things. I might be able to do them better. Uh, if we practice these things, but it says the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. So as we yield to the Spirit, as we follow the voice of the Spirit, as we are guided by the Spirit, empowered by the Spirit, living in the Spirit, then that is the kind of people that we're going to be loving, joyful, peaceful, patient, kind, good, faithful, gentle, with self-control. Those are the kind of friends I want to have. All right, out of time. I want you to know that um, when I think about somebody that's going to be standing before the Lord and hear, well done, good and faithful servant, you did well. I know Rabbi Zacharias, who just went to be with the Lord after quickly dying from cancer, that he is going to be uh, rewarded for his books, for his writings, for all that he taught, for all that he said. Uh, Sometimes when he would teach or lecture, my mind would be like, wow, I never even really thought things like that. He is so smart. He is so wise. He is so eloquent. I wish I was more like him. So Rabbi Zacharias, um, let me give you one quote. Uh, Rabbi Zacharias, Jesus among other gods, the absolute claims of the Christian message. So I came to him. I came to Jesus. I came to him because I did not know which way to turn. I remained with him because there is no other way I wish to turn. I came to him longing for something I did not have. I remain with him because I have something I will not trade. I came to him as a stranger. I remain with him in the most intimate of friendships. I came to him unsure about the future. I remain with him certain about my destiny. I came amid the thunderous cries of a culture that has 330 million deities in India. I remain with him knowing that truth cannot be all-inclusive. If you go to Right Now Media, um, we offer that in our church. So if you go to riverrockchurch.com slash right now, you can see how to get into Right Now Media. But there are 34 Bible study video series uh, by Rabbi Zacharias on Right Now Media that you can watch. Um, it streams over the internet, so you can watch it on your tablet, you can watch it on your phone. Uh, and the Android and uh, iOS devices, you can actually uh, download and save it for later and watch it. But anyway, uh, on Right Now Media, Rabbi Zacharias. So um, I'm going to pray in a minute. But if you are watching and want to support this ministry and uh, help us keep moving forward because uh, it costs money to keep River Rock Church moving forward, 
and God blesses us money through wages we receive. And then as we worship him, we give back that money, give back part of that money um, to him through the church, through your local church. And uh, if you want to give, you can give at riverrockchurch.com slash give. And on there, there is a link to give online, uh, PO Box 184, Belle Plaine, Minnesota. You can give by mail. Uh, you can give by text message. Uh, it would really help us if you would support us financially and give. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much that salvation isn't a contest, Lord, that we don't have to earn it, that we believe upon Jesus. Uh, by placing our faith in Jesus, we can be forgiven of our sin, uh, an opportunity to live a new life and to be given abundant life and eternal life, eternal hope. Lord, I pray that you would help us to trust and hope in you. I pray you'd provide everything that we need. I pray that as people give, that you would bless them. Lord, I pray you'd bless them financially. I pray you'd bless them with health and time. And Lord, I pray you'd bless them with even more resources as they're faithful to give their resources so that they can give even more. And Lord, that they would just see your abundant hand of blessing in their life. Lord, we pray that you'd give us wisdom as we seek a uh, place to meet. Lord, it's going to have to be a really big place to meet if the capacity is limited to something like 25% or 30%. Lord, I pray that you would help us to be wise in the way that uh, we care for each other and the way we act toward outsiders. I pray that there would be a great spiritual revival in the midst of this crisis, Lord. It's a health crisis. Now it's a financial and job crisis, Lord. It's a time of anxiety and depression. Uh, Lord, a number of suicides is going up. We pray you'd help people to see reasons to live. Lord, we pray for a cure. We pray that you would help all these parents that don't know what they're going to do about school in the fall. We pray that you would help all these people that don't know if they're going to get their jobs back. We pray that you would um, just help us to um, share your word with others. Lord, I pray that we can share these new believers, new testaments we have uh, with all of Belle Plain, Jordan, New Prague, uh, Henderson, uh, Arlington, Carver, the whole uh, area around us. Lord, I pray that we would uh, proclaim your message and be doers of the word. Lord, I pray that you would bless uh, the week ahead. I pray that you would do great things. Uh, we thank you for missions. We pray that you provide everything that the missionaries around the world need that Dan's about to talk about. We pray that you would um, help us to move forward and to make an eternal difference with our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, if you want to listen uh, to this message or other messages uh, through audio, you can go to riverrockchurch.com slash listen, and there is a list of all sorts of services that carry our audio uh, sermons, our audio podcast. It makes it real easy to listen to. If you want to see some other messages that we've done this way, you can go to riverrockchurch.com slash watch. And also uh, our YouTube playlist is uh, got a list of like sing-along songs and uh, resources for kids ministry that you can plug into. So Pastor Dan has served with River Rock ever since we began, and uh, he has a great heart for missions. He wanted to be a missionary. Um, God had other plans for him, but uh, he always shares a missions moment, and then he has a heart for music, and uh, he often has songs that don't require us to run out and get a copyright license, and we can use them here. And uh, so he shares with us an original song to encourage us, but here's Pastor Dan and we hope to see you again next week. Welcome back to our missions and our moments and missions 
Uh, I've got Tony and Rainy Roos again. They sent us a letter. They are in France, and they're making up words now. They're talking about deconfining after week one. So their small groups are of people are beginning to be able to meet again. They're not allowed to drive beyond 60 miles from their home as part of the travel limitations that they have. Churches are still closed. And what they'd like us to pray for, one of the things is they have an alpha group. The alpha group is going very well. They're meeting over uh, social media, over the internet. But it's not the same as when they normally meet. Normally where they would have a meal, which is a place for them to really connect with the people who are involved in Alpha. If you've never heard of Alpha before, it's a discovery-type Bible study that takes people from the questions that they may have from God and then takes them to where they can come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. So I want to pray for their Alpha group. Pray for them as things begin to open up, that the virus would not uh, re-spring up that they would be able to have their meetings in church very soon, and that they would know what the next steps in their ministry, the next phases of how they can work their ministry uh, out as, as the whole world is changing. Also pray for Faith. She's going back to the Black Forest Academy. Uh, Germany has opened up much quicker than France, and so she'll be going back there to finish her senior year. And then she'll be flying back to Minnesota where she's going to attend North Central Bible College. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you for the Roos family as they're trying to minister in France in these very difficult times. Lord Jesus, we do pray that as uh, things begin to open up, as the deconfinement, as they call it, continues, that they would be able to uh, maintain the relationships they've made with their neighbors, Lord, that their alpha group would be able to meet and have a meal together, Lord, that they would be able to make those connections for uh, their ministry as they go forward, Lord, in this new world, that you'd give them clear direction and wisdom as how to proceed. And Lord, for Faith, as she goes back to graduate and finish her classes at the Black Forest Academy, that Jesus, you would bless her, and as she goes comes back here to Minnesota to attend, uh, to attend college, that you'd protect her and, and guide her in, and her life. I ask this in Jesus' name. You've been listening to a message from River Rock Church. River Rock Church exists to help people of all ages connect to Christ and live well lives. W stands for worshiping, E for encouraging, L for learning, and L for loving. God wants you to be well. Visit riverrockchurch.com for our latest news and to access resources to help you and the people you care about live well lives.